Welcome to Shepherd of the Lakes Lutheran Church for worship on this Christmas Eve. The entire service will be outlined for you tonight in your service folder. As you notice, we will be following the service of lesson and lessons and carols that the King, King's College over in England uses. And in keeping with the almost 100-year-old tradition of that service, we also have a variety of young men from our congregation serve as our readers for this evening. The service begins with opening hymn number 50, Once in Royal David City. God bless your worship. We continue with our responses as printed on page three in your service folder. Please rise. Dear people of God, 
In this Christmas season, it is our duty and delight to hear again the message of the angels and in heart and mind to go to Bethlehem and see this thing which has come to pass, which the Lord has made known to us, the Christ child lying in a manger, born to save us. Let us read and learn in Holy Scripture the story of the loving purposes of God from the first days after our fall into sin to the glorious redemption brought to us by this holy child. But first... Let us pray for people all over the world who would delight with us to know the good news of Jesus Christ and who would join with us in singing his praises. Let us pray for the people of this community and of our church. And because this would please the Lord, let us remember in his name the poor and the helpless, the cold, the hungry, and the oppressed, the sick and all those who are sad, the lonely and the unloved, the elderly and the little children. We especially remember all those who do not know the Lord Jesus, those who do not love him, and those who by unrepentant sin have grieved his heart of love. Finally, let us remember before God all those who rejoice with us in heaven, who live in greater light than we, that multitude which no one can number, whose hope was in the word made flesh, who died in faith, and who lived before the throne of God, and praise him each day in his temple. We confess that we are united with them, as we are united with one another. To sum up all these petitions, let us pray as Christ himself taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us and lead us not into temptation but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. You may be seated. First lesson, Genesis 3, 8 through 15. God promised that a descent of Eve as the champion and substitute of all mankind, would win a victory over Satan and rob him of his power. They heard the voice of the Lord God who was walking around in the garden during the cooler part of the day, and the man and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. The Lord God called to the man and said to him, Where are you? The man said, I heard your voice in the garden, and I was afraid, because I was naked, so I hid myself. God said, Who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten from the tree from which I commanded you not to eat? The man said, The woman you gave to be with me, she gave me fruit and the, from the tree, and I ate it. The Lord God said to the woman, What have you done? The woman said, The serpent deceived me, and I ate. The Lord God said to the serpent, Because you have done this, you are cursed more than all of the livestock and more than every wild animal. You shall crawl on, the, on your belly, and you shall eat the dust of the earth all the days of your life. I will put hostility between you and the woman and between your seed and her seed. He will crush your head, and you will crush his heel. The next hymn is hymn number 28, Let the Earth Now Praise the Lord.
Genesis 22:15-18. Lord repeats his promise all nations will be blessed through Abraham's descendants. The angel of the Lord called to Abraham the second time from heaven and said, I have swore by myself, declared the Lord, because you have done this thing and have not withled your son, your only son. I will bless you greatly. I will multiply your descendants greatly like the stars above the sky. And like a sand on the seashore, your descendants will take promise of the city gates of their enemies and the seed of your na- the nations of the earth will bless will be blessed because you obeyed my voice. Isaiah 9, verses 2, 6, and 7. The promise one will rule David's throne forever. The people walking in the darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of the shadow of death, the light has dawned. For us a child is born, to us a son is given. The authority to rule the rest of his sh- on his shoulders, his name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. There will be no limit to his authority and no end to his peace. He will rule on David's throne and over his kingdom to establish it and to uphold with justice and righteousness from now on and forever. The zeal of the Lord of armies will accomplish this. Next hymn, hymn number 61, Hark the Herald Angels Sing.
Our fourth lesson is from Micah chapter 5, verses 2 through 4. God points to the place where the Messiah will be born. But you, Bethlehem Ephrathah, though you are small among the clans of Judah, out of you will come the one to be ruler in Israel. His goings forth are from ancient times, from eternity. Therefore, he will surrender them until the time she who is in labor gives birth to a child. Then the remainder of his brothers will return to the children of Israel. He will stand and shepherd with, with the strength of the Lord, in the majesty of the name of the Lord his God. They will dwell securely, for at that time he will be great to the ends of the earth. We continue with our next hymn, 65, O Little Town of Bethlehem.
Our fifth lesson is from Luke chapter 1, verses 26 to 35 and 38. The angel's announcement to Mary. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to the town of Galilee named Nazareth to, the, to a virgin pledged in marriage to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. But she was greatly troubled by the statement and was wondering what kind of greetings this could be. The angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, because you have found favor with God. Listen, you will conceive and give birth to a son, and you are to name him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. He will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and his kingdom will never end. Mary said to the angel, How will this be, since I am a virgin? The angel answered her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Then Mary said, See, I am the Lord's servant. May it happen to me as you have said. Then the angel left her. The next hymn is hymn 67, What Child Is This?
The sixth lesson is from Luke 2, verses 1 through 7, the birth of our Lord. In those days a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first census taken while Quirinius was governor of Syria, and everyone went to register each to his own town. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, out of the town of Nazareth, into Judea, to the town of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was from the house and family line of David. He went to be registered with Mary, his wife, who was pledged to him in marriage and was expecting a child. And so it was that while they were there, the time came for her to give birth. And she gave birth to her firstborn son, wrapped him in swaddling cloths, and laid him in the manger, because there was no room for them in the inn. Our next hymn is from, our next hymn is hymn 68, Away in the Manger. Please rise. Our seventh lesson from Luke chapter 2, beginning in verse 8, the angel's announcement to the shepherds. There were in the same country shepherds staying out in the fields, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. For behold, I bring you good news of great joy, which shall be for all people. Today in the town of David, a Savior was born for you. He is Christ the Lord, and this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly there was with the angel a multitude from the heavenly army, 
praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward mankind. When the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Now let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they told others the message they had been told about this child, and all who heard it were amazed by what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. This is the word of our God. You may be seated for our next hymn, number 56. Dear fellow redeemed, we're here. Merry Christmas. Thank you. <laughs> the weeks of Advent, 
the months and perhaps weeks or counting down the days, if you even had one more day left, of all the preparation for Christmas, all leading up to tonight and tomorrow and this coming week, this last little bit at the end of the year, where we all pause for a moment and we hear the history and we rejoice with the shepherds at the prophecies finally fulfilled at a specific place, a place on the map, a point in time, a family, part of a family tree tracing its way all the way back through Joseph and Mary to David and Judah and Jacob and Isaac and Abraham and Noah and Adam, people whose lives reflected your very own, people whose lives reflected our own. United by that one common denominator, that one common fact that opened, opened for us in Genesis 3. They reached out to that tree and they ate. No mere metaphor, no fable or myth or morality tale, but reality. And ever since, as God first went down to those first two people and he said, do you realize what you've done? Of course they did. But ever since, God and God's people have been prompted to ask questions. God himself first going to Adam and Eve. What did you do? Who prompted you to do this? And the finger pointing quickly silenced with the promise. I'm going to send one who will crush the serpent's head, who will destroy this enemy called death, who will bring you back to me. And over the centuries, as that promise was repeated again and again, it's as though God added one more brush stroke at a time to his masterpiece. The promise to Abraham. He will come from your family, and all nations on earth will be blessed through him. Not just limited to Abraham's family. The promise through Micah, he will be born at this one little, one little podunk town, roughly the size of Northrop, but that's being generous, this place called Bethlehem. The promises repeated as though God adds one more brush stroke and a little bit more color. Oh, by the way, it's going to be a miraculous birth. It's not going to be like any other child that was ever born or ever will be born. He won't have a human father, earth-shattering as that sounds. But this child will be born to a young woman, a young virgin named Mary. And as the day drew closer, the brush strokes grouped together into a picture, a beautiful masterpiece. And the questions and the answers echoed back and forth between God and people. We hear them tonight. We sang some of these very questions for each other tonight. What will this Savior do? Crush the serpent's head. Where will he come from? The family of Abraham. What will the promised one be like? Prince of peace, wonderful counselor, mighty God. 
Not just, not just a little baby, but mighty God. And where? Bethlehem. And in the meantime, as we, as we stand here, sit here, almost two millennia later, why have you come here? To worship this king, this baby. Because after all, what in the world is more approachable than a little child? But we must ask ourselves, whether this is your first Christmas or your 51st Christmas, we must ask ourselves the questions once more. The questions that God has us repeat and the questions that we sing to one another as we see that this child in the manger isn't just some, some fable, some sentimental relic from, from yesteryear. This child in the manger brings life because he is this mighty God sharing our humanity. What child is this? That's the question that each of us has to wrestle with, even as we asked that question earlier tonight, and even as that very hymn answered it. What child is this who laid to rest on Mary's lap is sleeping? This, this is Christ the King, whom shepherds laud and angels sing. They knew. But to you, what child is this? Herod thought he knew. It's a usurper that needs to be extinguished. The angels knew. They declared, Christ the Lord, the world around us. If we don't cling tenaciously to that question and ask it of the Word of God and sit back as that question is answered once again, the world will quickly wrench away and turn to dust any, any semblance of God's church in this world unless we ask of God himself, what child is this? And the angels answer, Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly a great company of the heavenly hosts appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace to men on whom his favor rests. Not just who he is, but what he does. Where his, his work is so tied up together with who he is, that the name we use for him so often is, isn't really a name so much as an occupation. Christ the Lord, our Savior, true God, clothed in human flesh, and not just come to, to bring some sentimental tear to the eye, but to, to come for you and for me. To come bearing the life that God had promised, to come as the masterpiece that God had been pointed to and planning for for years upon years, to come to carry sin, as we also sang about. Nail spears shall pierce him through, the cross he'll bear for me, for you. 
Hail, hail, the Word made flesh, the babe, the Son of Mary. This is our Lord. This is our Savior who came to forgive our sin because there in the manger, God sent the Savior He had promised, eternal God, hiding Himself in human flesh. Eternal God from whom even angels hide their faces, now being cuddled and cradled by, by smelly shepherds and uh, a first-time mom. This babe, the, the eternal, boundless Son of God with infinite, whom the heavens themselves cannot contain, and yet there he is, needing to be nursed and changed. The baby of Bethlehem. Imagine that. The God through whom all things were made. The Creator. Hiding His divinity for a period of time in human flesh so that He would know through experience exactly what all of His creatures went through and go through because of the sin that they happened to bring on the world. And Jesus said, send me, I want to go. I want to know. And so, this Christmas, as we join to sing our carols and as songs carry us away to Christmases of yesteryear and Christmases of the very first Christmas, we sing and we remember and we ask and we see the answer that this child, born of Mary, was born so that he would know through experience, except without sin, everything that you go through. So that you can know tonight that God is not some, some far-off, unapproachable God who, who is so far removed that he doesn't know what your life is like. But so that you would know that God has walked with you. That he has walked outside on a cool or cold winter's evening and looked up at the stars and just sighed or cried and rubbed his hands and felt his own calluses and changed his feet and, and washed his feet after a long day of work and to know those things, not for the mere purposes of saying, been there, done that, but in order to say, dear child, I know and I went through this for you to carry your sin upon myself, to wash it away. The story of Christmas is not about this child who came simply to be cuddled and nursed. As we ask, what child is this? This child came and lived as the perfect man to undo every bit of imperfection and every element of sin and the stain thereof. But the story of Christmas is how the Son of God, at the appointed time, became a baby boy to live as a boy and grow up as a man and to die as a man, a sinless man, as the Redeemer of all other people. For the salvation of a humanity plagued with sin and shame, the eternal and glorious Son of God shrouded himself in human flesh and became just like us, except for sin, in order to solve our most fundamental problem, 
our most fundamental problem from inside humanity, where he shared our human flesh and he blew the problem up from the, outs- from the inside and said, Dear child, sin and death and the devil absolutely crushed. All to bring us back to where we very first started, even in that very first reading, in restored fellowship with our Creator, walking with God, talking with Him face to face. All that, (laughs) all that, and really it's just saying a tiny little, tiny little bit more than the angels themselves said that first Christmas evening. That angel said to those, that tiny group of terrified shepherds, what did that angel say? What child is this? A Savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. Amen. Please rise. And now may the peace of God that goes beyond all human understanding guard and keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen. You may be seated as we worship the Lord with our offering. Please also take this time to review the instructions for the candle lighting.
I ask that you carefully rise for prayer. O oh God, who makes us glad with the yearly remembrance of the birth of your only Son, Jesus Christ, grant that as we joyfully receive him as our Redeemer, so may we also behold him with sure confidence when he shall come to be our judge, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. May he who by his incarnation gathered things earthly and heavenly into one, fill us with such joy that comes with the knowledge of the forgiveness of sins and the hope of eternal life, and the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit be upon you and remain with you always. Amen.